Hey there, welcome to the Saints Hangout podcast. Every word has been designed to bless, empower, and edify you as we search and teach through the scriptures. And now, here's today's podcast. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the entrance of your word. We pray that as we teach, we teach your word, the power of your word would manifest itself to everyone listening, those in the live audience and those on the podcast. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your word will do what only it can do in the lives of your people to cause a change, to cause a turnaround, to cause a blessing in their lives, in their spirit, in their soul, in all that concerns them. In Jesus' name we pray and all of the saints of God says, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for joining once again. And um, today, obviously, promises to be another in-depth, in-depth, in-depth teachings about what we've started last week. Let's talk about heaven. And I'm going to start today, which is the part two. You know, I I, I did try putting a lot of um, um, intro in the first part, you know, last week when we had the discussion. And I think one of the things I want to start today's conversation with is pretty much one. Every Christian needs to make heaven a big deal. I'm going to say that again. Every Christian needs to make heaven a big deal. I would really appreciate, you know, um, for those of you in the live audience, put some of these comments up there so that at least folks who are not here can see that, okay, something is going on. Pretty much like a real live tweet, if you will, you know, and... um, Okay, let me just let that go. Just help me wherever you can, but most importantly, get blessed, get something. Every Christian needs to make heaven a big deal. What do I mean by that? Listen, when you got saved, according to the book of John 3, 16, where the Bible says, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. God loving the world was not the world of cars. God loving the world was not the world of houses, God loving the world was not the words of mammals, of animals. When the Bible says, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, he's talking about the world of the people he created, the sons and the daughters of God. I hope you can hear me. So when the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have life eternal, or what some of us popularly call everlasting life. So that means God sent Jesus, God sent Jesus, God sent Jesus into the world, not the words of cars, not the world of houses, not the world filled with demons, not the world of of luxurious um, expenses. No, God sent Jesus into the world for man, for you and I listening. Look at someone and say, I am a big deal. I am a big deal. Heaven sent someone because of you and I. And that's the reason why when the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believe should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, if that subject is what you believe in as a Christian, if that subject, don't forget what, listen, I'm going to, you know, by the spirit of revelation, Scriptures are going to pop up in our eyes, pop up in our spirit, pop up like, wow, I never thought about it like that. When God decided to give every Christian life everlasting, when God decided to give every child of God eternal life, according to John 3, 16, 
If you are going to be living forever, you have to stay in a place. Shelter is critical. <laughs> Shelter is critical. I hope you can hear me. If you have plans of raising children, if you have plans of having set to settle down, to have a home, to have all of that, shelter is critical. You know, because of time, and I want to rush through a lot, you might have to go to part one to listen to, you know, some of the things we talked about last week. Last week, we titled um, the, the part one, A Place Called Heaven. And I tried breaking down with multiple scriptures, tried to explain to us in the intro text that, let nobody deceive you, child of God, saint of God, children of God. Anybody who comes and says heaven is not real, it's a lie. I showed you multiple scriptures. We read um, uh, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, when he says, if I tell you earthly things and you don't believe, how would you believe when I tell you heavenly things? And I tried explaining that the child of God who will not believe God in the little things he has said, here on earth, it will be hard even when an angel shows up to you and says, hey, I am from heaven. That is why when, when Abraham, for those of you who know the story of the uh, Abraham, Lazarus, and the rich man, when the Bible said the rich man was begging Abraham, he said, Abraham, I did not know that what that preacher was saying was true. I did not know that what, and listen, for those of you, that was also a parable in the scriptures. Why? Because the Bible says the rich man who was who did not know God, who did not value the things of God, the Bible said he did not make heaven. And at the same time, Lazarus, who was on earth, he did not have money as the rich man in quotes. And I'm not excusing this to say Christianity is for a poor is for poor people. That's not, I'm not here talking about business classes. But one thing the parable told us. The rich man was looking up to Abraham and said, and listen, if those things were not real, the scriptures would not have told us. That means heaven is a place. Hell also is a place. The goal of me here is not to try to talk so much about that, but I'm making you understand that, child of God, heaven is a big deal. Heaven is a big deal. What do I mean by heaven is a big deal? You can be uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you can be Bill Gates, you can be all of that. I'm not here to, I'm not one of those preachers who shy away from um, talking about um, the focus of what God has called me to do is not in court now, I'm putting this now in court, is not prosperity gospel. That's the reason why you would hardly find me anywhere and say that you hardly find me on any platform trying to teach, oh, uh, uh, God will convert your double for your double and all of that. Hey, those who God has sent, that's awesome. And that because the truth is, we serve a God who has, he's not poor, he's rich, everything. As we go in this teaching, you will discover that God coated heavens with gold. So that means we are not serving a God who is poor, wretched, and all of that. But the primary goal of having Jesus in your life, this might be hard for certain people to chew. The primary goal of having Jesus in your life is not for financial gains. I must say that again. The primary goal of any Christian who will come to the kingdom, who should come to the kingdom, your primary goal of having Christ should not be for financial gains. 
You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says it is the will of God that we prosper. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that is wrong. I'm not excusing any Christian not to be hardworking. I'm not excusing any Christian not to be educated. Hey, go to school, get a degree, get all of those things, do business uniquely, do everything. The Bible says it gives us the power to make it wealth. It is God himself that gives the power according to the scriptures to make wealth. I hope some, you know, because of time, I might not be able to run into that, all those scriptures. Listen, I've quoted multiple scriptures just in some of the things that I'm saying here. If the Bible says he is the one who gives us power to make wealth, there is such a thing as making wealth the kingdom way. You don't have to rob people. You don't have to cut corners. You don't have to do all those things. There is such a thing as making wealth the kingdom way. I'm just going, you know, digressing. And all of that, you know, it's not a it's not a financial seminar. But what am I trying to say? Do not chase money at the expense of your uh, place in heaven. That's what I'm trying to get to. Do not chase whatever at the expense of your place in heaven. I told us last week, you know, there is only one way in which heaven, because for those of you who had followed the series or who have followed part one, the Bible said Jesus, when he was speaking to Nicodemus, he said, nobody has ever descended from heaven before. Let's go quickly to, let me just read that quickly for those who maybe, don't maybe just do a recap. John 3, let's quickly go to John 3, uh, verse 13. John 3 in verse 13. I might be moving a bit too fast. Just follow me, please, and open up your spirit because I wouldn't want to trust me when I say I have eight seasons, eight teachings to dish out. There is a lot we need to capture. I thank God for those on the podcast listening as well. Um, you can always go back and listen. Verse 13, John 3, 13. The Bible says, And no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven... He that came down from heaven. Jesus here categorically telling us he was one of the first set of folks who heaven came, sent all the way down here. And I use that to explain to you that heaven does exist because he's telling you he came down from that place. And that's the reason why, because of what Christ has done for you and I, our access to heaven, our place in heaven, it's secured. Because I did mention that, you know, when John 3, 60 said, for, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we can get that access to heaven through the person of Jesus. That's the reason why, I, you know, I will keep saying things that I frown, I frown, 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 call it a holy hunger at anybody who says, Jesus is not the way, or who comes to you and says there is another type of way, that is not, and this is not to argue with anyone. Listen, God was the one, that's why the Bible says, I think somewhere in Hebrew, God confirmed that he was Jesus. God confirmed that it was Christ he sent through the resurrection from the dead. That was the only way God could prove, because the truth is, hey, you could give birth to a child tomorrow and call his name Jesus, but when it comes to Jesus Christ, the one the Bible talks about, God himself proved it through raising him from the dead. And that is a big deal. That is a big deal. That is a big, big, big deal. Because not only that he was resurrected from the dead, the Bible showed us, which was another place that I also read, you know, um, I think we read, for example, in Luke 24 from verse 49. We read that last week. Because of time, I might not want to go there. The Bible says, Luke 24, 
Verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my father to you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Verse 50, And he led them out as far to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Verse 51, And it came to pass when he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. He was carried up into heaven. And I did mention to you, the reason why that is a big deal is because the Bible categorically stated it the same way Jesus was elevated, elevated into heaven. It's going to happen to you, brother. It's going to happen to you. That's the reason why I said earlier when I started, it's a big deal. You are not just serving God, giving your heart to Christ, doing all those things for fun. Right now, trust me, I could also be at the, I don't know what is happening out there. You know, I've not really, you know, gone out this morning. I could be at the NASCAR racing car this morning. I could be any other place, but I choose to spend my Sunday morning with the saints of God. I choose to spend my, at times, some evenings studying the word. I choose to spend my day listening to a sermon. You know, yesterday, myself and my wife wanted to watch movie and I'm, I'm saying movie so that you know that, you know, we watch movies, so I'm not here trying to make you look as if I have a permit me to use the word special um, grace, as some people will say. I do watch movies as well, but before we watch movies, I said to her that there is the sermon I listen to. I've listened to it multiple times, and I just thought to share with her. And you know, you could tell that okay, you just wanted to talk about you just spoke about the movie to watch, but before then, I played a particular sermon that. You know, I listened to that sermon again on, I think, on Friday, and I had still not recovered. And right there before we watched movies, I said, you know what, let's just, let me share it with you. And we watched it, and woof, you know, I had seen it before, watched that sermon, watch, 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 and watch over again. But even yesterday when I watched it again, it still moved me with power. That is who we are, because the words that we preach are not the enticing words of man's wisdom. Listen, child of God, you are a Christian when you walk in suit and tie. You are a Christian where you wear the rain jacket, the winter jacket. You are a Christian when you sit at that desk behind your, uh, your, your desk. You are a Christian when you are at school. You are a Christian. Let you not be defined more as a banker who used to be a Christian. No, no. The first identity of you, child of God, is you are a Christian. You are. You are. You're, you are defined. That's what the Bible says. I am, I am what I am by the grace of God. Paul defined himself. You are not less of a Christian when you are walking to the mall. That's why when the Bible talked about how the rapture would be, he said two brothers will be walking. He did not tell us they were going to be in church. One of them will just disappear. Listen, it is going to happen. It is going to happen. This is not a sermon of trying to get you to shake and all of that or to... No, I'm mentioning this because that is the system of which when that rapture happens, you know, <laughs> the Bible says two people will be walking, one will just disappear. The one will disappear. It will, the Bible never said he will be on his way to church. But his identity, his nature, nothing reduced that standard. That And why am I talking about that? I'm talking about that so that child of God, let no condemnatory word ever get you to a point whereby you think because you are going through something on a particular day, then today maybe God is not more. No, God is committed to all of his children. Someone needs to put that down. God is committed to you. God is committed to me. God is committed to every Christian in the world. And that's the reason why don't think Last week, I did talk about heaven being a place. Don't think because you're on earth here, you have not moved there. They don't think you do not have 
um, um, a direct connection. A direct connection. The Bible says we are in this world. As a matter of fact, let me go there. Let me show it to you so that you will understand that when the Bible, when God uses words, he is not joking around. Quickly, let's go to the book of John 17. This is a popular, okay, well, I, I saw multiple scriptures. There's a scripture that I'm looking for, but I always want to use the reference that Jesus made categorically so that it's best to work with the words of Christ. Let me, let me put it that way. Um, John 17, let's start from verse 16. John 17, verse 16. Can you imagine? I've not even talked about I know I did, I did say part two. You know, the reason why I'm struggling to, um, permit me to use the word struggle, um, the way I've built my notes is so that I wrote multiple topics, you know, but I don't want to tame, I don't want to call a particular title. I just want to call it part one, part two. But if there's something I want to, if, if for those for documentation reasons, you know, I would call today's conversation seated in heavenly places, seated in heavenly places. So just for documentation purpose or for archives, we can title it, that that's for, for those on the media team. Today we're talking about seated in heavenly places, but I'm starting from where I left off from uh, part one. Now, John 17, uh, let's start from verse 15, 1, 5. The Bible says, I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Did you see that? Every Christian put that, you don't, you know, I want to say maybe print that somewhere, put it on the, on the banner of your room, of your house. That should always be at the forefront. John 17 verse 16. I really wish somebody could put that in the, in the, in the, in the comment section. You know, the Bible expressively said, if you notice here now, he is not talking about everyone. The day a man comes into Christ. He is a custodian of another place. That's what the Bible says. And we need to teach this. We need to preach this. We need to let this sound. I did mention to some of us that, you know, because we, we don't hear this kind of gospels like before. The joy of salvation should be the first thing every Christian needs to have. That's the reason why I said, you know, when you go around trying to get God because of the monies, because of all of that, it's okay. But let that not be the center of why you are chasing God. Don't come to God because, you know, I've, I've taught that multiple times. I'm an advocate of don't go to God because of what you need. Because of all those things. Yes, he did say, come ask me and all of that. But I tell you the truth, it is not the right approach. Because if your faith is not in, I love God because who God is. I am serving him because of who he is. I am, he is to me, God. Irrespective of whatever happens, the moment you put, you anchor your faith in God based on one need. You are walking a path that, be very, very careful. Why? Because the truth about it is, at times, certain things will come to test your faith. You know, the Bible says God doesn't tempt us, but yes, it does permit certain tests to come. For example, when he taught Abraham, you know what, take your son, thy only son, 
put him on the altar. That was God trying to check, okay, you know what, let me see where his love really is. And that's why some of us are preaching it this way. I'm not against you trying to be hardworking and all of that. Let God be God to you, irrespective of whatever condition you find yourself. And the truth about it is, listen, when you serve God genuinely, Genuinely, when I say genuinely, there are no motives, there are no intentions, you are not trying to get God because of what you need, it's just a pure heart. The Bible says He keeps, He keeps in perfect peace. Listen, there are certain things you will not even need to ask. It comes to you because of your, your genuine love for God. That's the truth. It comes to you. That's why some of us are on this realm. Listen, as a preacher of the word, I will not come here and tell you I have the Ferraris, I have the Bentleys, I have all of that. There are certain times you even look at all those things. When God becomes what satisfies you, <laughs> glory to God. When God becomes your, your, your satisfaction, He becomes your reason. You are not putting any other thing before him. There, is, there are certain experiences you would have. Money can't buy such. That's why under the, when we're talking about the principles of heaven, one of the principles every Christian, irrespective of your age, irrespective of your title, irrespective of your, the day you gave your heart to Christ, one fundamental thing you should put at the back of your mind. Jesus said to us, what will it profit a man? to gain the whole world and lose his soul. Every time something wants to come check you out of that walk with God, always let that scripture point on. Why is Jesus saying that? Listen, as I said to you, he is the one who came from heaven. Child of God, hear me. No experience on earth can ever quantify the experiences you will have when we get to heaven. Whew, I just said something big. Travel from here to Dubai, to UK, to all of that. <laughs> That's why I was, once watched a testimony of a man of God who once said, one day Jesus showed up to him. You know, one of the testimony of a respected general that I, I, I admire so much. He said, a lot of times when you are praying for, let's say for Christians who have, who have, who have lost a loved one. And it was like, you know, you keep praying for them that you want to, you know, pastor, can you pray for them to come back? And in that vision, he was like, there is nobody that has ever come to heaven and has requested to go back to earth. <laughs> in that vision, that was what he said, that, you know, that voice said to him. He said, there is nobody who has ever come to heaven. Let the pastor pray from now to tomorrow. After all, it is my decision if I want to go back. I hope you guys are following what I'm saying. And that voice was telling him in that vision, he said, you know, you, you're an awesome man of God and I'm, I'm, I'm here trying to explain to you that. He said, there is nobody that has ever come to heaven and have requested to go back to earth. Listen, that is profound. That is profound. So don't think, you know, when such um, awesome generals of the kingdom starts to share such testimony, it needs to remind us Christians that come, you need to understand. You know, one thing I've been putting at the back of my mind, which I just shared with my wife some days ago, I said, listen, I don't want to get to 80-something, 90-something and look back at my life and say, had I known, I would have done this, I would have done that. There is nothing worth it than giving your all to Christ or to God. There is nothing. Listen, I'm a pastor. I can tell you for a fact. I have seen people where when all the chiefs are down, the house rents will not matter. The children will not matter. Anything will not, nothing would matter. All they would just want to do in their old age they would want to live their life fulfilling God. Listen, don't wait until you are 90 
when maybe your bones are not so strong and you know you are you because hey time you know time time is something that is given to everybody uniformly time time is something everybody has uniformly but how you use your time how you spend your time and that's the reason why as christians if your if what is at the back of your mind is that you know what i am not just here fulfilling calendars and all of that there is a place for me there is a place that's the reason why i started first by saying a place called heaven so now in john 17 when jesus said in verse in verse 16 they are not of this world they are not of this world listen when as preachers of the world when we are teaching such things you know, some people can look at us and say, um, look at them, um, Christians, fanatics, look at them. Uh, they are just preaching. All they want to preach about is faith and all of that. If you have ever witnessed anyone who left the body, some of us have been able to, by, by the grace of God, be, been able to walk in certain revelations, certain transitions, certain visions. For example, you will hear people who said, I was in the vision and the heavens opened. Such things do happen. You know, there's a book that I'm reading. There's one of them that is talking about the seven spirits of the Lord. And there's one of them talking about, uh, I think, the des desiring God or something like that. I, I don't want to mistake the, the, the name of the book. But I know in that book, the first thing the writer said was that anybody who wants to have a genuine experience with God, first, it has to come from a pure desire. The Bible says, without holiness, nobody can see the Lord. That's there in the scripture. So when we are reading all this part of the Bible to you and showing you all of this, is to make every Christian understand that, listen, let your relationship with God be bigger than attending a church service. Let your rapport with God, let it be bigger than attending. Um, um, why am I saying so? Listen, when you go to a physical place called church and the service is over, that is not the end of your walk with God. That is not your, the end of your connection with the things of heaven. For example, Jesus is telling us here in John 17 verse 16 that we read. He says, they are not of this world, even as I am not in this world. If you notice here, Jesus is comparing himself with every Christian. He's comparing himself with every Christian. In this context, he was talking about the Pauls, the Peters, the Andrews, the John. But hey, your name can be, um, 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 I don't want to use the name in the scriptures. Your name can be, um, well, okay, let me use the president of our beautiful country. Your name can be Ramaphosa for all I care. As long as you are a man in Christ. This scripture talks about you as well. I hope you can hear me. As long as you are a man in Christ. Listen, and the reason why I'm teaching this from the, from the tip of my voice is because heaven knows this about every Christian. Heaven knows this about every Christian. They are in the world, but it's just for a matter of time. I hope you can hear me. Heaven knows this about every Christian. The same way heaven knows this, hell also knows this. That's why the battle is there. That's why the battle is there. The same way heaven knows this, that what? Don't be deceived because they are in the world. I told you the same thing that happened to Christ that we read in the book of Acts. The Bible says when he blessed them, he ascended into heaven. He ascended into heaven. So that means the same way, this, and, and I think I read 1 Thessalonians Four, last week. Let's go back there again. Let's go back there. Let's quickly go back there. Um, I read that in part one. First Thessalonians 4. Because of the clarity of what I'm trying to talk about, let me quickly read that. The Bible says First Thessalonians 4, reading from verse 13. 
verse 13. If you will, please rush, rush there. Those listening on the podcast, if you can open your Bible so that you will see. I told all of you last week Sunday, in this teaching, I, I, I literally prayed and asked God, that, Lord, I don't want to preach. I want to teach. I want people to be able to know these things for themselves. Your name can be um, um, Chinway. Your name can be Ramaphosa. Your name can be George Biden. Your name can be anything as long as you're a man in Christ. And I'm not saying a man in Christ by just uh, you pretend to be a Christian. These are the days where by pretending does will not work. It will not work. That's why I read in John 3 last week when Jesus was addressing Nicodemus. He said, listen, in this kingdom, we preach what we know. Don't just come here with head knowledge. Listen to the part one. I literally took time to break all of that down because you can be a rabbi, you can be a pastor, you can be a bishop, you can be what you can even be a newborn Christian, and you are ignorant about a lot of things. Why am I saying so? Jesus called out Nicodemus and he proved it. Are you a rabbi in Israel and you do not know these things? For those of you who listen to the part one, that was Jesus asking him such questions. So that you will know that we are not just here playing or acting the script. No Christian needs to act any script. You are who you are, period. It's either you believe God or you don't. There is no, these are not the days of sitting on the fence anymore. There are certain truths that we need to put out there so that we will know. When you labor for the things in the kingdom, the Bible talks about it. There are records that are taken. Because eventually, every man who is a Christian the same way Jesus was caught up, it will happen. Let's check First, uh, First Thessalonians 4. Let's just borrow that quickly. We're going to run back to John 17. But because of some of the things I'm saying, let's go back to First Thessalonians 4. I'm starting from, from verse 13. The Bible says, But I would not have you ignorant brethren. You see, you see what Paul opened up the scripture with. Ignorance <laughs> chases out every saint listening to me. No Christian is permitted to be ignorant. Not even in this last day. I would not, but I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep. If you notice here, you know that the scripture is such a blessing. The choice of words, the choice of words. He didn't call them death because, listen, there is a way heaven sees things. When a man is in the grave, that doesn't mean he's dead according to, the, to, 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 to heaven. Why? Because what heaven calls death is when the spirit of the man is dead, not when his body is dead. I hope you can hear me. When the spirit of a man is dead, that is when he is condemned finally. So what, what Christ came to do was to bring a life, the spirit of a man. For example, look, God told them in the garden, the day you eat out of this fruit, you shall surely die. What death, I've taught that in other episodes before, what death was God talking about? Because when they partook or when they took out of the fruit, the Bible says their eyes were open. Their physical flesh came alive, but their spirit was disconnected. Their spirit died. So when God says, hey, the day you take out of this, you shall surely die. When they took out of it, it was their spirit. It was disconnected from the ways of heaven. It was, that was why they started hiding from God. Things that were not normal to, to, their, to their DNA. Why would a Christian want to hide from his father? Why would a Christian not want to prioritize the place of fellowship? The place, listen, listen. Every Christian listening to me, if you struggle with the things of God, check it. Something, it's not like a fish struggling to swim. Any Christian who struggles with the things of God, I'm not saying you are, there, there is no possessed, there is no nothing. Listen, get, get back, get back on track. That's all I would say. Get, 
When I say Christian, Christian who you know fully well. And listen, I'm saying this because some of them genuinely, they love God. And I was a victim of this as well, I must say. I must say. I never really took the things of God serious because some of the people that I saw representing in quotes now God, something was just not right. That's the reason why some of us who, we don't have anything attached to anything. I'm not doing this because I want to tell you. I just want people to be able to know that, come, there is such a thing as walking, walking with God. There is such a thing as leading men to Christ. There is such a thing as showing these people the light. The gospel by itself can preach itself. The gospel by itself can preach itself. That's the reason why when you are privileged to be in the place whereby you are a minister of the gospel, don't try to add to it. Don't try to take away from it. No matter how much I love the sons and the children of God and all of that, I did not die for anyone. I can only introduce to you what has been given to me. One of the things God told me in this new work that I'm working, he said, listen, any platform you find yourself, preach Christ, period. He said, and watch your, your pupils anywhere you man. These are certain things I'm not even, I think this is the first time I'm sharing this. He said, anywhere you are, preach Christ and make sure your pupils or your platforms becomes the pathway to heaven. These are certain things I have written down personal for me. I have been tattooed. Don't, that's why if you see me preaching so huge about Christ, it's because that's the assignment that has been given to some of us. And when that happens in your life, there is no way. You are what you preach about. It starts to reveal to you. It starts to explain. It starts to reveal more. That's why when Paul says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, he says it is the power of God unto salvation. I, he didn't talk about I am not ashamed of the prosperity gospel. I'm not ashamed of the finances, the, the whatever type of gospel. Yeah, as I said, I'm not here trying to call anyone out. But when Paul says I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, he says it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is that powerful because it does not receive its source of strength, <laughs> glory to God, from earth. I just, I just broke something. The gospel does not drive its strength from the things connected to the earth. It does not. It does not. It does not. That's what some of us don't understand. The gospel itself, you, that's why you can be in your room. Certain things will minister unto you. Certain things will come to your spirit because you are in this world, but Christians, we are not of this world. We are not. And that's the reason why when you start looking yourself that way, that come. That's why I said to my wife that come. We are busy people. But hey, there is a destination. We cannot not advance the kingdom of God. It does not matter whether you have a title to your name or not. For those of you who are living here as foreigners, or for those of you who are listening on the podcast, where you are, you are, you are, you are a foreigner. For example, I have some of my brothers who are in the U.S., and some of them, because, hey, you know, they would always advise us, if you're in a strange land, always make sure that at least you put something in your, in your homeland so that maybe if you want to retire, you have a savings where you can retire to. How many of us have ever heard such things? Even if you are here and you're a citizen of the country, they tell you to plan for your retirement. How many of you have ever heard that? That's why you keep some savings about. It's only, permit me, and I'm not trying to insult anyone, it's only common sense. There are certain times that you will not have the power to do what you used to do in your 80s or in your 18s, in your 20s. That when you are 80 and 90, 
plan for those of you who are citizens of here they will tell you uh, build a retirement fund for those of you who are foreigners in strange land they will tell you make sure you put something back home whatever formats they let you know listen it's the same principle that's the reason why jesus also wants listen multiple scriptures he says i will do the work of my father when it is what day Okay, uh, can you imagine? I'm not even finished Thessalonians. I'm not exhausted John 17. That's what the teaching give do does. Okay, let me show that scripture to some people who don't, who don't know it so that you will understand that this person yelling in front of you or preaching or teaching is not just bringing out uh, words of his own accord. I feel this, uh, this grace upon me just to, to do much more for the things of the kingdom. Because a lot of times, as I said, ignorance is one of the things uh, a lot of us wrestle with. Please don't, don't let me lose anyone. I know I've opened multiple scriptures, but hey, it is all such that... Okay, what have I done? It is all such that it can be a blessing. We are coming back to... I've opened to these scriptures now, and I promise I'm going to read all of that, all of them. But because of what I just said, someone please open to John 9. John, John 9. John 9. Please, you guys have to help me as well. If you're listening on the podcast, please open John 9. John 9, verse 4. Anybody who read it, I don't want to turn it so I don't lose John 17. Anybody who finds this can quickly, 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 quickly read. And all of these things, look at it now. The Bible, I wanted you to read it so that it does not look as if, you know, uh, this teacher of the word is just putting out a lot. The Bible expressively said in John 9, in verse, in verse 4, I said, okay, let's start from verse 4. He said, I must walk the works of him that has sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can walk. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's even another part. But if you see here in verse 4, listen, this was Jesus talking. Jesus who was full of the Holy Ghost. Jesus who was glorious. Jesus who would raise the dead. Jesus who would walk on water. Jesus who would, I can keep going on and on. But he said, he said, that's why, child of God, whatever it is you want to do for God, do quick. Why? Because there is God's a retirement plan that we all have to we are still going to. That's why, hey, if you want to sing for God, preach for God, whatever it is that you want to do, do it quick. It's still one of the principles of heaven. Why? Because there is a place. There is a place that we all are going to retire to. There is a place that we all are going to eventually go. So when we're talking about heaven, trust me, that's why I said I cannot teach it in one teaching. I can, to be honest, I cannot even teach it in four. That is the place where every Christian would retire to. And in that place, the things you do here, listen, you are closer than he to heaven than you think. Than you think, the things you do here is what will reflect over there. I hope you all can hear what I'm saying. The things you do here, that's what the Bible says. You know, I wouldn't want to go there again. The Bible says the things you do for the kingdom, the, the works you do for God, according to the bruise of heaven, that is what follows every Christian to the grave. Not the houses you built here, not the amount of wives you marry, not the amount of children you do, not the amount of businesses you establish. The things, the things, the things, the things you do towards the advancement of the kingdom, towards the growth of the kingdom. The Bible expressively said, those are the things that follows every Christian to the grave. And as I said, the grave is not, is not, look at what Thessalonians 4 said, which we are going to go back there, but let me hold. Now, I've just shown you now that time, time is everything. 
Christians, time is everything. That's why when people come around and say, um, I couldn't attend church service uh, because I was busy, busy, busy. <laughs> Listen, you know, uh, and I, I don't want to say this to, by God's grace, when such platforms come, there are certain things that I'm going to, I'm seriously going to preach it the way it is. Why? Because when we get on that last day, I don't want anything to be on my conscience. If you are too busy for God, you are too busy. Period. There is no way to sugarcoat it. There is no way. You, you, when, if you are too busy for God, you are too busy. I don't care what your title is. I don't care. What, even if you are the president of America and you are too busy. Because listen, when, that, when you draw that last breath, listen, no constitution will matter to you anymore. No, not one thing would matter. When you draw that last breath, you will understand. You will understand. You know, I once heard uh, Pastor Creflo preach a, a sermon one, one time, and he said some people were, he was in a place teaching about, I think, heaven like this. And some people were like, and you know, but, you know, in America, they have all these funny, funny beliefs. You know, let me not say America, so it doesn't look as if I'm calling out Americans. In the world, there are funny, funny beliefs. And, you know, after he had preached, 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 he said something. He said, if you think what I'm saying is not true, Okay, let's try something. If you are not safe, come here and come and die like that. Die now. And you know, the same people who were saying what he was preaching was not real, they, they, they were afraid to die. <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing alive. Like, because listen, and I'm not here trying to scare anyone. But the truth is, the truth is, the Bible says a fool says in his heart that there is no God. That is that it's part of the gospel, it is harsh. But when you look at it again and again and again, people who don't have power over their next breath, people who don't have power over their over over the next five minutes, the, the next five minutes, you don't even have the power over it. And the one who tells you he has control over the tomorrow, even in your death situations, he says he's the, if, when he says his life, the power of life and death and everything is in him, and he's telling you he's the way. Some people think, he, listen, God, is, God has never, and I say this with all sense of respect to every human being on earth, so that you don't think, because some other people can want to listen to this and say, maybe this preacher is a proud priest. It's not. God has never imposed himself on anyone. Never, ever. Heaven is not a place imposed on people. I hope you can hear what I just said. Heaven is not a place imposed on people. God is not, God is not meant to be imposed on anyone. That's why, listen, the Bible says God is just. If you find yourself in heaven, it's not because of God's favor. Can you hear me? If you find yourself in heaven, it's not because of the favor of God. The same way, if you find yourself not going to heaven, it's not because God hates you. It's a choice, and everyone picked a side. It's hard, but it's the truth. It's heavy, but it's the truth. Jesus does not, you will never find a place in the scripture where God imposed himself on anyone. No, no. Even, I think the closest it was, listen, God had to deal with Jonah because of Nineveh. God, God dealt, it's, it's possible that God would have to, for example, I've been complaining to my wife for a while back, I've been finding it hard to sleep because every time I go to bed, words just keep coming, things just keep coming. 
That, that is the closest the Holy Ghost will do. Why? Because, hey, until some of us open up our mouth, the burden of heaven, the passion of the Father for the children, until some of us start to leave that passion on earth, some people will not understand that God, God, when God says he loves you, he means it. He, he means it. God will go as far as making sure Jesus will die because of every Christian. That is the closest. But the choice to not believe him, it's in your hands. It's in your hands. Let me let that go. John 17. But I hope you guys are getting blessed. I hope you, you, you're getting something. John 17. Can you imagine? Even, okay, in verse 16. He says, okay, that they are not in the world, even as I am not in this world. Okay, I think I have, I've, I have, sent, I have read that. Um, let's go back to Thessalonians. I promised I was going to read all the scriptures without letting go of anyone. Let's go back to Thessalonians. Then I'm going to move to the next verse, verse 13. First Thessalonians 4. You know, we've read John 9 when Jesus talked about time. You know, I must do the work of my father when it's day because the time comes where people will not be able to. And I've used to explain that part that when we're talking about the things of heaven and your investment into the things of heaven, time is a factor. Don't think you have all the time in the world. And I'm even saying that for myself. If God has given you a grace, or God has put a, 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 a passion in your heart, anything that would advance the kingdom of God, hear me, every one of you, don't think you have all the time in the world. And when I say all the time in the world, yes, you might be graced to live 100 years old. That doesn't still mean you have all the time in the world. Everybody is limited by time. That's one thing God, God is, God is, is, is if, I, if I'm to borrow the word, God is fair on that line. The Bible never said God is fair. That's why I said I have to borrow the word. Everybody has time. Whether your name is um, uh, Jesus or your name is um, um, Pharaoh, 24 hours is 24 hours. I hope you can hear me. It does not matter whether your name is Jesus or your name is whatever. 24 hours is 24 hours. That's why time is critical. Uh, verse 13. The Bible's First Thessalonians 4, 13. The Bible says, But I would not... Have you ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope? For if I, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, if we believe, you see that now. That's the reason why I said anybody who finds himself in heaven is not going to be because God loved or God treated them fairly. It was a choice they made. It was a choice they made, and that's the reason why every Christian on earth as well, we have to preach the gospel. We have to let people know that nobody deserves to go to hell. Nobody, des nobody, des heaven, listen, heaven is big enough. Heaven is big enough for all of us. There is no room for competition in this kingdom. Heaven is big enough. There is a lot. And I'm going to show you that maybe in the next scripture. Let me not jump off uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 because I want to understand, I want to make sure I, I don't leave any, any stone untouched. You know, I don't want to rush. Uh, verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that if we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. You see now, the same way he left, he's coming back. He said, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, from heaven. You know, that's really, really key. That's the reason why, you know, all we are talking about are centered around heaven. So you see now, he's coming from somewhere. So he's coming from somewhere. So when verse 16 says, for the Lord himself, who is he talking about? Jesus. 
the one who we put our faith in, the one whom we put our trust in. He said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Listen, that's the reason why, you know, one of the gifts that I walk in is a prophetic gift. And the prophetic gift is such that it's a very unique gift, you know, that God has given to the, the, to the body of Christ. The person saying this, Paul, Paul, Paul was the one that wrote this word to the Thessalonians. Here he was walking, he was, was walking in the prophetic gift in the sense that whether we like it or not, these things will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. He's telling you something that even himself, he has not experienced, but he's telling you by the prophetic eye that when heaven comes to take everyone, this is the order in which it will happen. First, those that died in Christ. Those, those are the first set of people. So when that time comes, can everyone still hear me? If you can hear me, please wave, wave, wave. So let me know I'm not losing folks. Yeah, obviously those in the podcast, I know you can hear me because this recording is still going smooth. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, listen, the word of God is, is, the, is the only tool we have. Christians, the word of the Lord is the only tool we have. That's why when we come to church like this or when we come for meetings like this, Hey, it is business to some of us. What do I mean by business? So business. There is no church on the face of the earth established by Jesus right now. The only business we should be focused on, souls, 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 souls. Listen, money might come in through, through tithes, through offerings, through gifts and all of that, but it should also be put back into the things that generate souls. So, so, souls. So when it says the, the Lord himself will come back the same with a shout from heaven from with a shout and the voice of a hack angel which, and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17. And they which are alive. Did you see that now? They which are alive. This scripture, you know, I can read 1 Corinthians 15. I can read 1 Thessalonians 4. There are multiple scriptures that confirms how eventually every Christian will be caught up to heaven. <laughs> every, if you notice, I'm saying every Christian now. And this, go, listen, if you're listening to this podcast or someone shared this with you and your relationship with Christ is not intact or you are not saved, hey, please get yourself saved. I believe that there are email address from wherever it is you're listening to. You can contact us or as much as I don't want to <laughs> say this word, you know, those days we say, find a Bible-believing church near you. These days, I think that is hard to find. That might be heavy to say, but I know what I'm saying. And that's why these days, hey, look for someone around you who is a Christian. Let them lead you to Christ. And maybe after this, we can also share a prayer with you to get you saved for those on the podcast. But hey, listen, 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 listen. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. Every Christian eventually, the same way Jesus ascended into heaven, ascended, it will happen. But you know, in the course of this, I'm going to show you how that, in fact, I, I said last week that the Christian is not one who needs to die before he starts to experience heaven. How many of you remember that statement? You know, the Christian is not one who is until you die before you start experiencing heaven. That's not what the Bible says. And I'm going to show you scriptures as we go. Now, I did, I'm reading verse 17 now, First Thessalonians. The Bible says, Then which we are alive, and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. You know, that means who are the first set of people that would move when that time comes? Those who have 
bodily they have passed on, but they passed on while remaining in Christ. I hope you can understand that. They passed on while remaining in Christ. And that's why this, this has to be, a, a note of warning has to be said. Listen, if you ever hear me teach, I am not against, you know, you know because a lot of, for example, I just said something about those days they would say, we find a Bible-believing church. And I said, this is now hard, it's a, it's a bit hard to find in these days because of the Bible. Jesus already told us in the last days, there will be false prophets. That's the reason why I said that. So, don't think the, the person teaching here wants to attack a church or attack the institution called church or attack a priest. No, that is not my goal. That is not my goal. The goal of this is to make sure, as I said last week, even if I was graced by God to do awesome, glorious things, I cannot be a pastor to every Christian in the world. That's why the Bible never said God gave the exclusive gifts to one man. No, he gave some pastors. He gave some preachers. He gave some evangelists. So I'm not here trying to tell you, if you notice, I also make reference to a lot of people who have blessed me, who I believe it's only right for some of us also to take the burden or to take the, the next uh, uh, dimension from them as some of them are growing old. So for example, the late Kenneth Egan, awesome preacher of faith. But hey, today I also want to see Christians, young ladies, men, guys, who would also pick up the baton of faith. We teach faith until unbelief leaves the shores of church. We teach faith until every Christian becomes a principality. Nobody needs to call a crusade to cast out any demon. Every Christian by default should be able to cast out devils. Why? Because it's the same principle. The Bible says, in my name, they shall cast out devils, period. It's not so much about their title, their age in church. Every Christian ought to be a demon caster. Quote me anywhere. But that's why we need to teach the word, teach faith, make them understand who they are. The, 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 listen, the power in the name of Jesus is not exclusive to pastors alone. That is heavy to say, but it is the truth. It is not exclusive to, to preachers alone. And that's why I am one of those people in my lifetime, I pray to God, Lord, I want to see Men, men who will be filled of the Holy Ghost, irrespective of their nationality, their gender, their, their educational background, men who will chase God for who God is and not what they want to get from God. Listen, there is a difference. Know God for who God is. Listen, because when you see people like Paul writing the saints, when you see people like Moses, Moses was not in the book of Genesis. He was not there when God was creating Adam and Eve. But my God, that man wrote what happened times before him. Why? Because when God calls you to a platform of fellowship, he would reveal things to you that let them labor from one university to the other, they will not see it. Let them store up every whatever it is that they're storing up where a man can do much more with the favor of God than any connection from man the Holy Ghost. A man can do, a church can do much more with the impact of heaven. Let's choose who we partner with. I'm not against being a blessing to the world. Hey, some of us as well with time will do missions, we'll do all those things. But first things first, your allegiance, your partnership, your fellowship first 
It's with the kingdom that you help from. That's why every Christian listening to this, heaven should not just be a place they tell you, you read in your Bible story, and talking about the place where we all hail from. The man in Christ is a man according to the scripture that is already seated in heavenly places. Glory to God. Ephesians. 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 Ah, glory to God. Ephesians. 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 Whew. Before I read Ephesians, before I read Ephesians, there's a scripture I want to show to you. Um, uh, uh, before I read Ephesians, just hold on. Hold on. John 14. Whew, glory to God. John 14. Now, before I read Ephesians, I want to share this so that at least, well, when I read it, you understand why I'm reading this before Ephesians. John 14, I'm going to start from verse 1. The Bible says, let your heart not be troubled. I hope you can all can hear me. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, let your heart not be what? Troubled. Let your heart not be troubled. Who is speaking here? Jesus. He says, let your heart not be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 2. In my Father's house. How many of you remember last week when I told you heaven is a place where God lives all the world time? God the Father never leaves. Never. The Spirit of the Lord moved. His Son came to the earth. Um, the, 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 um, the angels, the archangels around him move. The Bible says the seven eyes of the Lord goes to and fro. But the Father himself never leaves. So when you are reading this part, you need to understand that, hey, it's a big deal to be a Christian. Why? Now that's why when, he, when I was also reading last week when he said, when you pray, pray to the Father. And how do you pray? How did I say Jesus taught us? He says, our Father who art where? In heaven. God or Jesus was particular, was critical about giving us this information. So when he says, in my Father's house, in my Father's house, where is he talking about? The place called heaven. Well, if you notice, I added multiple scriptures where I said, if we are looking for a title to call this, you could just call it seated in heavenly places. You know, but if you notice it, that's the reason why I said I, I don't want to read Ephesians 2 without reading John 14. And this information is not exclusive to Peter only. I hope you all can hear me. The Bible says here, what Jesus said in 14 is not exclusive to John. It's not exclusive to um, me. It is to every Christian. He says, let your heart first not be troubled. Let your heart not be troubled. I don't know why Jesus started John 14 with this conversation. Child of God, the man in Christ, be assured. When that trumpet blows, you are good. Don't let anything talk you out of your walk in God. In God, Don't let any circumstance, any disease, any heart broken, any, you know, because, you know, people, people, you know, it's funny. And at times, even as a teacher of the word, you don't know how best to communicate this to, to folks. You know, when I say things like, you know, when you want to, you can love, be married in Christ, do business in Christ. No, nothing, nothing should ever, if God says, Nothing shall separate us from his love. Because people have once said, oh, does God love me? Look, listen, I've answered that question for anybody who will ask. If you are here, you listen to the podcast, and you ever hear somebody say, does God really love me? The answer is yes. The Bible already told us, God himself said, nothing shall separate us 
from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, neither death, neither perils, neither sickness, neither this, in all these things, the Christian is more than a conqueror. So, at the end of the day, if anyone throws out on God, it will not be God's fault. If anyone strolls out on the kingdom, it's not going to be that. Listen, if you are ignorant in a place of your life, then get information. At the same time, listen, I am aware that some of us, for example, you love someone so close to you. I'm not here trying to talk down the pain or the, 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 the sadness you might feel and all of that. For example, I remember one of someone close to me also you know, lost someone long time ago. And when he called me and he told me that pastor, she passed. It, it was, it was, I remember the way I felt. At times you would even almost want to shed tear, tears. Some of them genuinely awesome, good people. For example, there is a, you know, I don't want to call the name, but I'm sure, you know, uh, uh, my wife would know who I'm talking about. A particular lady in my daughter's school, there was a news that, you know, somebody, I think they were robbed or something. And I think one of her daughters or granddaughters was killed in the whole thing. That story broke my heart so much. This loving, beautiful woman, and I know that story also will have devastated her and all of that. But one of the things she kept saying, he said, I thank God that she, she took her relationship with God serious. At times, that might just be the only thing. I know, Pastor, for that, I know what, what I'm talking about. You know, the lady, and when, when I went through, I think I stumbled upon some of her Facebook comments and all, she was talking about a particular song that either they did in the choir or something. You know, it's so funny how that, you know, when, when now she's gone. She's gone forever. And the only memory the, the grandmother can hold on to was that, wow, in all of my advice to her, finally she took the things of God serious. Because, you know, you don't want to ever be on that ground. You know, and that's why... A lot of times people think, people think when you meet a genuine, now let me let me say this with discretion. When you meet somebody who is genuine about their love for God, maybe he is a pastor, or maybe he's when he's going around doing all the things, trying to labor, you know, at times the devil would want to come at you to try to put uh, you know, don't listen to this person, maybe because of what you are going through, maybe because of your past. Or when voices come around you and start saying, oh, don't listen to them. All they want is just your time, your money. They want all those things. You have to be very, very careful. Anything that will make your heart be troubled. Because I, I, reading this, I was myself, why is Jesus starting this? You know, I just thought maybe that would bless someone. Now, he said, let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God and also believe in me. Period. Let your heart not be troubled, believe in God, also believe in me. Then he said something in verse 2. He said, in my father's house, there are many, many, many. Whew. That is giving you an information of how, listen, the room is big enough. It's big enough. That's the reason why child of God preach the word as well. Get people saved. These are not the times for you to be a Christian with bushels. What do I mean by bushels? You just want to keep a low profile. You want to... You know, I don't want to look as if I want to attack anybody, but hey, you get to a point whereby when God <laughs> becomes that real to you, it will be impossible for you not to talk about him. It will be impossible. That's why, you know, when I started the intro of um, um, uh, Let's Talk About Heaven last week, I said one of the things that I, I noticed even in my work preaching the gospel, I have been in places where I have asked Christians, Christians, I'm not talking about unbelievers. I called them and I said, tell me something about God. A lot of them mumble words. And I'm not, I'm not joking here. I, I'm, I'm serious. Some of them say, God, God is good. Okay, God is good. We know all the time. 
Tell me something else about God. <laughs> they start to scratch their head. <laughs> yeah, pastor, pastor. And I'm not trying to be... Listen, listen. if you are ever burdened for the kingdom, try the same things out. Call an average Christian. Listen, if you notice, I did, we did truth conference some days ago because the Holy Spirit told me, listen, until Jesus did not miss words. Jesus did not come to play around with words. Until as Christians, we... We start expanding some truths amongst ourselves. Let's not even talk about the unbelievers now. Call an average Christian. Tell me something about God. It is hard for a lot of them. When you not even go down to tell me, okay, what is your favorite scripture? Tell me one or two scriptures. Some of them don't even know. Some of them don't even have Bibles. Some of them don't. And I'm saying this categorically because, listen, even as a teacher of the word, that's where some of these holy bodies come from. You cannot be a Christian and you don't know anything about where you plan to spend your eternity. If I call some of you and I say, what is your retirement plan? They already have that. Oh, I have liberty. I have um, AFSA pensions. I have this. I have that. They, they have all that information. But they don't know anything about where you plan spending eternity. What is the information about it? A lot of folks don't know. So a lot of times, at times, you need to see these things, at times, maybe through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, how the, that's why God keeps, ignorance is what keeps people in bondage. It is not demons, it is not, because Jesus had already conquered everything. The only thing that holds a Christian down right now is ignorance. Ignorance is what will make you think, because you could not pay your rent, then you are taking it out of God, then you are dropping it out of church. You... I don't want to use any ash word, but that is the most funniest thing. And listen, the person talking to you still has needs as well. If I open my list of needs to some of you, you will be shocked. Some of you think because I am the one here preaching or because you see a preacher on the stage, some of us are going through our tests as well. Some of us are going through our silent years as well. Listen, if I share certain things that I'm going through right now with some of you, you will be shocked that, wow, pastor, you are going through this and every day you come here preaching and see all your needs are met. Listen, God has to be God to you. The day you have a million rand in your account and the days when the bank calls you and says, we've not seen any deposit from you, God still remains God. Because at the end of the day, when you leave this place, nobody will ask you for rent. All those things will not matter. And I'm telling you the, 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 I don't want to say the gospel truth because that's tautology. The gospel is already truth. That rent that you are trying to take out on God, that um, um, you want to marry, you want to marry, the, 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 the husband is not coming, the, the wife is not coming, the business is not coming. Because of that, you want it to affect your relationship with God. If anything ever happened, God forbid, the last thing that will be on your mind is that beautiful woman you want to marry. Is that business loan that you're trying to get. Am I saying all those things are not important? Hey, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that God put us here on earth for a reason. So I'm not one of those pastors who will come and throw the word of God at you without understanding that. Am I saying you should sleep on the streets? No. The same God that says, come and pray to me, said before you pray, I already know what you want to ask. And I've said that multiple times. How can somebody who says, before you ask, I know what you want to ask. And you still tell me to come and talk to you. If you already know, well, why do you want me to come? Listen, fellowship is a big deal with God. Fellowship. It's not so much about your needs. It's not so much about your wants. It's not so much about that. That's why church gets wisdom. 
Sons of God get wisdom. If God who tells you before you open up your mouth to pray, I know what you want to ask, but still come. It's a test of faith. It's a test of relationship. It's a test of everything. So you don't want to ever be on that realm whereby you don't even have to do anything but accept Christ to be in the kingdom. But the devil knows that once faith is not in the equation, it will be hard to sustain a relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. Once faith is not in the equation, because the devil also knows the Bible. He knows the word. He knows the word. He knows God would never, ever, ever bend his word for anybody. I'm going to say that again. God would never bend any of his words for anybody. God means what he says and he says what he means. If he says he's going to love you, he's going to love you even in the presence of your enemies. He's going to anoint your head with oil. Just as David said, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Enemies have never been a problem for heaven. It has never been a problem for God. But the question is, will you continue that walk even in that place? There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot. Nobody needs to drop out of church because of a need. One of these days, I might, maybe I might, I might talk about that church dropouts. You drop out of the church, drop out of the things of the kingdom, drop out all of that. Then tomorrow you are now asking why it's so, 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 and so happened. The Bible says they that sleep in the Lord. Do you understand what that means? What does it mean to sleep? To take rest. And how did they happen? It's not because they prayed to sleep in the Lord. They remained in Christ. They remained in Christ. Share this to whoever it is that you want to share. Nobody is too young to advance the kingdom. Nobody is too young to advance the kingdom. Nobody is too old to advance the kingdom. Ephesians. I'm going to stop at Ephesians that we're going to round off. You know, I think it's already taking the toll. Ephesians. And we're going to continue from here next week. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Ephesians 2. If I tell you that what I was supposed to open today's scriptures with is actually Ephesians 2. Uh, you know, I'm not like open it with because I wanted to read Ephesians in my study note. I put all of that down, but it's fine. I'm going to end here, but we're going to continue from part three next week. Ephesians two, Ephesians two. I need to round up because of time, but but I hope you guys are getting blessed. Now the Bible says in verse two, and if you're listening on the podcast as well, thank you so much for taking time to listen. God bless you. We are just here as saints trying to edify ourselves. Ephesians two. This is the last scripture I'm going to read today. Glory to God. Ephesians two. Ephesians 2, the Bible says, Ephesians 2, let's start from verse 4. Verse 4, but God, but God, Ephesians 2, every Christian, please, you know, I said I'm going to, I'm going to end here because I know time is far spent, but I'm going to continue from here next, next week. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Every Christian, you are loved. You are loved. Whatever your history is, I don't care. A Christian is loved. And at times you need to say that to yourself until you come out of that unbelief, until you come out of that voice that wants to condemn you. The Bible says in verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and has raised us up together and sits together in heavenly places, in Christ 
Jesus. Can you see this? When I said last week that a Christian is not one that needs to die before he starts to experience heaven, I was not sure if I read one, two, three scriptures to back it up. But here you see one of the first scriptures. Because of the love the Father has for us, Jesus already told us in John 17 that we said that we read not long ago. He said, I'm going to prepare a place. A place. John 14. I'm going to make reference to that and this as well. The Bible says in verse 3, he says, if I verse 2, sorry, in my father's house, where we just left off, because I'm using scriptures to interpret scriptures. The Bible says, In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Can you all see that? I go to prepare a place for you. Now, who prepared that place? Jesus. Because of him, we have access to that place. So that when I say things like a Christian is not one that needs to so die, heaven is not fine. When the rapture happens, those that are asleep in the Lord will all go. But right from here, if you read the book of Hebrews as well, the Bible talks about we have a great cloud of weakness. Where the Bible talks about the saints on earth and the saints in heaven. We are all saints. So the saints is not one that they talk about, you know, in the Catholic church. There, is, there are things that they used to verify who a saint is. When you read the scripture, you discover that every man in Christ, technically, according to heaven, is meant to be a saint. I'll go there another day. But let's go to John 14 and 3. The Bible says that if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, that ye may also be. So he's proving and showing to us that where he's going to prepare, he's preparing it for every Christian. In that place that Jesus has prepared for us, as that when he was saying it here, he said he's going to prepare. That's why his ascension was necessary. The ascension of Jesus is a critical part of your Christian work or Christianity. That's why the Bible expressively gave us information how he was ascended up into heaven. So now, where he is right now, Jesus right now is bodily in heaven. That is a big deal. Jesus right now, what did I just say, is bodily in heaven. And the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I read that to you in Mark 16 last week. Mark 16, I'm not going to open it, but just for those taking notes, Mark 16 in verse 19, the Bible says, So after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Now that's critical as well. That's critical as well. Because the information the Bible is talking about, giving to us, you know, in this topic that I'm talking about, seated in heavenly places, God is, Jesus is not, it's not as if God is stretching his right hand and Jesus is sitting on it. No. Jesus, right, what it means, the right hand of a king means the, the hand of authority. I hope you can hear me. It means the, the hand of authority. So, when the Bible says he sat at the right hand of God, if you are looking for the authority of God right now, according to the scripture, it is all wrapped in Jesus. That's why the Bible says he has given it a name that is above every other name, that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every tongue, everything bows to that name. That's what God has done. And he wrapped everything in the name of Jesus. Now, the same Jesus, now Ephesians tells us now that, but God who is rich in mercy, 
Verse 5, even when we're dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ. You know, I'm going to stop here. You know, I don't want, because this, if I want, I want to teach this and I don't want to rush. But we are going to continue from here next week. If you're listening on the podcast, this is part two. You might have to watch out for part three. Because some of us need to understand that when the Bible says, for those of you who have never followed the chemical reaction, just using that now because I have a science background. When you mix hydrogen with um, uh, with oxygen, they call it, it comes, it becomes water. Because if I remember my chemistry class very well, the the chemical, the chemical combination for water is H2O. One molecule of hydrogen, two molecules of oxygen. You know, some of you are surprised that I'm saying that, you know, pastors do go to school. <laughs> you know, H2O. I don't know. Someone can check me. You know, for those of you who are still researching in the chem- chemistry class, one molecule of, of hydrogen and two molecules of oxygen is what they told us forms water. That means you cannot get water without a combination of oxygen and hydrogen. <laughs> so when the Bible said he has quickened us, <laughs> the Christian is a quickened product. But we're going to stop here. We're going to continue next week. Listen, I don't because I don't want to rush. That's why I need to stop here. But let just leave that. That's why next week you have to be here. We have to be. I'm going to. Maybe it's going to be called seated in heavenly places, part two or part B, because that's supposed to be what to talk. The reason why I'm saying so is because heaven will still look like it's just a place that they tell you. Start knowing that come, I'm a quickened being. The Christian is not a, just a mere person; is a quickened individual. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word today, and I pray that in the name of Jesus, you know, these revelations will. Um, would, would spark would spark a new hunger for God in the life of everyone who has been privileged to hear this. And I commit this gospel into the hands of the Holy Ghost. And I pray as men listen to it, the Holy Spirit will do what only He would do can do in their lives. And I bless every hearer this morning and I decree in the name of Jesus that this gospel would accelerate your love for God, will quicken your, your passion for the advancement of the kingdom. And I pray in the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost will do a quick walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Next week, we're going to continue from where we left off. And uh, I don't want to rush this. I told, I, I told myself, don't rush any of this. Let people get it. Let people know it. Hey, even if you don't know some things yourself, go back and study. And I'm telling you how I spoke to myself. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening on the podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We know these words have encouraged and edified you. Now go on and walk in the truth of God's word.